Are you ready to begin? I am. Hey, (laughs) this is Sad Girl Syllabus, a commentary on media through the ages. Each season, we'll have a new syllabus to dive into. I'm Bethany. And I'm Mary. And we are two girls. Too sad? (laughs) (laughs) Every time I forget that that's my line. Okay, let's jump into the syllabus. (laughs) This is extra credit. Yes. (sighs) Keeping it cash. cash. So... And dancy. Mary just did a dance. Um, That was great. Uh, We're really, I guess because we're just so jazzed about this uh, little extra credit episode about um, a real life vampire. Possibly? Question mark? (laughs) Um, Talking about, we are talking about Elizabeth Holmes, founder, chairman, and CEO of... Theranos, Theranos, which (laughs) the phlebotomy machine, yeah, which looks like a printer. (laughs) I can't get over how much it looks just like a printer. (laughs) Yeah, or a fax machine. Standard office supplies. Like I feel like they could have gotten a little sleeker or something, you know? Yeah, or like, yeah, I mean, if they had gotten any more sleeker, maybe it would have been even more dysfunctional than it actually already right, is. Right, right. That's true. That's the whole <laughs> issue is that it's 100% not big enough. Well, one of the many issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Theranos is the company that was, um, I, I guess it was founded in the early 2000s. Yeah. She dropped out, Elizabeth Holmes dropped out of Stanford in 2003 and um, started this company shortly thereafter. And um, she is this woman who very much emulates Steve Jobs <laughs> in philosophy and style. She wears, she ha- what did she, in the, do- there's an HBO documentary and she has like 17 of the same black turtlenecks or something. Yes. I don't- but while Steve Jobs is a genius, Elizabeth Holmes has, quote, been wearing turtlenecks since she was seven years old so (laughs) mary's specialty is the elizabeth it used to be so much better and now it's just like i don't know what it is it's not the same but i cannot um i will have to say i also believe she is doing an elizabeth holmes voice i do not think that is her real voice she definitely is she definitely is she she has tries really hard to create the image and be and she is very intentionally enigmatic I don't think that she's like I I see through her I I feel like I see through her and I don't think that she's actually an enigma I think that she it's very much so in the the documentary they say that a lot sorry yeah 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 um right um another sorry instead of Um, vocalizing (laughs) I am dancing through my responses and interrupting I'm doing good so far today. <laughs> um, but for the context, yes, Theranos is um, this company founded by Elizabeth Holmes in the early 2000s. It was meant to she was she filed a patent and 
um, she was inventing, designing a machine, a phlebotomy machine that could basically diagnose several blood diseases and, and also not just diseases, but also pregnancies as well. It was a machine that was meant to be like a, a phlebotomy lab mm-hmm. in like a desktop printer type machine. And you didn't have to um, give over vials of blood. It was just a pinprick sort of like um, people who are diabetic would give right. um, to read blood sugar. And um, uh, yeah, so she's definitely a vampire. <laughs> um, even though she has a fear of drawing blood, she talks about that yeah. also. She has said that before, that she's very fearful of having blood drawn. And um, and so that was the ins- that was part of the inspiration for this. Yeah, a large part. But, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, s- Seems sort of... Suspiciously <laughs> large part. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's like a, it's a one-stop <laughs> shop blood test. I think is the idea yeah. with a lot of um, commentary around how this is going to change healthcare, how it makes it more accessible. Um, oh, right. Yeah. And also yeah, I forgot that, that was like accessible both in access and money because blood tests can be expensive and also accessible for people who are afraid of needles. <laughs> <laughs> Which they I was going back and forth at some points where I was like, mm, feeling this. Yeah. One argument might be a little yeah, stronger yeah. than Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, everything about it was a little bit shady and seemed like, um, I mean, I don't really understand though, like, the, the motive. I mean, I get like, I guess the motive is just to have money and glory. I think watching that documentary again. So yeah, right now, these allegations against Elizabeth Holmes came out in like 2015-ish. Then it really blew up in 2018 when a book came out and the documentary came out. I think that's the right timeline. And now in 21, she is going to trial for fraud. It was like much delayed. Um, But to me, even in the documentary framing, I feel like they don't get into it enough, but it's still sort of there. Um, There is a lot. Yeah, she talks a lot about why she is doing this and the good that she is doing Mm -hmm. and the revolutionary change she's going to bring about. Um, But it really does, to me, fall under these ideas of. the Silicon Valley genius individual. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, like Steve Jobs type thing, where there is actually it did make me think about all the vampires we've been talking about. <laughs> was like the mysterious, mysterious um, little yeah. superhuman, wealthy. wealthy. They know yeah. better than you. Um, they're, they can see everything, you know, like they, they see the whole yeah. picture. Um, and are going to change the world. It's very yeah egomaniac. Like it, there's like a lot going on, and you see it a lot with the Silicon Valley of like we're going to reinvent healthcare. We're here to disrupt. Blah 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 blah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. 
and yeah, and the sole individual founder, genius. Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah who is sort of untouchable, yeah. living at the top of a mountain kind mm -hmm. of thing, and um, and yeah, she fully like. She she moves the company into this like research park campus in Palo Alto. Um, to once again be, and then also to, to once again, like be with the, the rest of the, right. um, the glory makers, whatever. Um, but then also she, one thing that I just realized too, she was very adamant about being a private mm -hmm. company, um, so that she wouldn't have to have any transparency. Um, but she did, she wasn't beholden to any kind of regulatory, like state mandated regulations or, um. Stuff like that. Yeah, she very much kept herself a mystery. Down to, like, from the, the like, biggest operations of her company down to, like, her own personal humanity. Yeah. She's a, she tries to be private. Yeah, but everything's a secret. And then, and then still says, I don't have secrets at the beginning <laughs> of the documentary. <laughs> Even though clearly everything is, yes. Yeah, and it's, like, a secret for literally, I don't know. Like, there's just, like, nothing there. We're going to go for mystery rather than saying that we don't have any solutions and don't have any data. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and similar to the like, yeah, moving to Palo Alto, um, this whole like wardrobe that she wears of all black and the turtlenecks and also dropping out of Stanford after the first year. It's like, OK, we get it. Like you're going for yeah. the Steve Jobs narrative. Which all of those guys did, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm too smart for school, and I, I know I understand the path forward. And yeah. no matter what you tell me, yeah. I clearly see the vision. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, she's just like LARPing <laughs> as this, like. <laughs> um, she's, she's totally just. LARPing as this archetype mm -hmm. and it um and and it's interesting that like it that it totally collapses it because she doesn't have because she is just it is just an archetype and it is a mythical character that she is that she is becoming one thing that I can't really figure out um I mean I sort of the the thing that I can't really figure out is like why she went to all the military, oh like, support. Um, Henry oh Kissinger, George Schultz. Mattis. His, like, secretaries of yeah. defense. Yeah. And it's just, like, I guess, to me, it's just, like, okay, so she wanted, like, really... Oh. Uh, my cat's tail hit the mic. <laughs> um, She wanted, like, really intense, like, scientific support. And I guess you, like to say we're developing this for the military sort of legitimizes mm -hmm. it, but th it seems like there should, there's something deeper there. Yeah. Well, okay. One crazy thing in that documentary that they never talk about is that both of her parents work in the government or have worked oh. for major, like either governmental projects or as like a, like a congressional project aid or some, to some extent, I didn't really look mm. into what her mother did, but before her father was working on these major projects he was a vice president at enron <laughs> but oh i think God. like she grew up around 
these figures so had access to them I think is one and yeah yeah um I think it establishes power and like and and yeah. lack of like a, a trust it's like well if Kissinger has signed mm. up then well we know it's a good idea I, I know I don't know <laughs> it's crazy it just seems weird because well I guess I don't I don't know. To me, it seemed weird, but this is like maybe some 2020, 2021 hindsight, mm-hmm. um, because it seems weird to me that you would like that people, the public would trust yeah. the secretaries of defense. But I guess in the context of like, so if she's dropping out in 2003, the war in Afghanistan had just started, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan had just started. And, um, so people were, there was, like, a very national nar- um, narrative around, like, believing in the military already. And so maybe maybe that time, the context of, like, that point in history is sort mm-hmm. of, like, is why she went after the support from those people. Yeah. But it just seems like any anything that it has, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess it is just my own hindsight. Like, um... It seems that any project that is backed by U.S. military right now would not really be trusted. But, I mean, one of the crazy things is in the end, the Pentagon's like, can we, okay, like, yeah, maybe we'll use it if we can test it. And she's like, no. And so they don't use it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is like, it's so weird. It's just insane. But, yeah, all of these secretaries of defense, from multiple administrations, which is just, and secretaries of state. Wild. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that you have the question of like, why she went after them? Cause I was like, why did they go with her? You know, like yeah. what yeah. was the interest there? And there is the sort of, there's a lot, a lot of people in the documentary at least talk about how, I wouldn't say charismatic, but sort of, and not, and not even charming, though I do sometimes, I think they use that word, but, yeah. like, she really brings uh, yeah. you in somehow in her intensity. Yeah. So yeah. there's that, but it's like, these are, I, I, you would assume guys who don't get bullshitted a lot, but it turns out they definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And there's yeah. a former professor of hers who insinuates, well, a young woman um, mm-hmm. sort of in this position is going to get these older men's support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also have to believe back again to the vampire is this, this, um, narrative that she keeps saying over and over again, this like sort of slogan is that, um, it's going to prevent saying goodbye too soon. So you have these men and the end of their life, yeah, these n- mid nineties. Yeah. George Schultz is like ninety four. Yeah, signing yeah. up to be like, yeah, yeah, bring me my elixir of life. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's totally true. Yeah, um, it's also funny. Just like a, a comment on the on like how people are describing her and stuff. It seems like because many of the people who are. I would say all except for like two of the people who were interviewed about this um, about, uh, on this documentary, yeah. they're all men. Yeah. They're like 
they're economists, behavioral analysts, um, reporters who wrote profiles on her. They're all dudes, except for her professor, um, this woman who is an MD, who was like debunked the idea immediately, saying like you can't. This is physically impossible. Right. And then the um, Erica Chung, who was one of the engineers right. who like came forward with the truth. So anyway, it seems to me like um, like these men are very. They, you're right. They don't. Sometimes they say charming. They don't really use like charismatic necessarily. And and I can tell that they're dancing around. They don't want to say that she's seductive. Right. And I think that they might not want to say that she's seductive because they fear that they'll seem sort of misogynist. Or they also, on like a more subconscious level, they also might not want to like admit that men can still be seduced. Right. But and like have the wool pulled over their eyes kind of thing. But um. But then the the her woman professor, former professor, um, doesn't really shy away from that. And I think that that is, um, I think that that's interesting just because it's sort of like the woman professor is like, this is the reality of a lot of, like a lot of women, like really get their power through being seductive. Um, and to me, my read on that was like a lot of these guys just like don't want to admit that they can be easily seduced. Um, and I do think that there was like a part of that. And, and even before that, the professor suggested that I was still kind of like, okay, she's like really like doing something to these older men yeah. and she's really playing, playing something up to her right. advantage. Um, but yeah, and it's definitely like young woman who is like imaginative and really intense and is talking about the like being disruptive in a, in the biomedical um, biotech fields but yeah i think that that is definitely that you're totally right that she's just like here this is this is going to save your life yeah well early detection early detection <laughs> for everything and preventative medicine yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I because honestly, rewatching it, I was like, "What about like infectious blood diseases?" You know, like I was like, "How do they yeah. treat that in this one machine?" You know, like how does that? And then you just have that kid being like, "A lot of people get hepatitis." <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. My um like fanfic um brain is just going crazy <laughs> i'm just like spiraling right now because i'm also thinking about like um this yeah infectious diseases and like and it she's like in my elizabeth holmes alternate university alternate university <laughs> you're tuned to that syllabus my elizabeth holmes alternate <laughs> universe like fanfic situation no. fantasy is that like she definitely is a vampire or a vampire hunter but she's definitely a vampire who is like trying to spread the vampiric disease okay yes i agree i was i was like in a fiction like in a fictionized reality you would have the elizabeth holmes character who again repeated saying of like prevent saying goodbye too soon so you have this vampire who has seen, you know, their mortal loved ones throughout the years just die off yeah, and they yeah. keep living. And so this is like the machine <laughs> in which they can either, um, you know, sort of 
uh, microdose people with oh yeah vampirism so that they just kind of keep living a little bit longer a little bit yeah. longer and like and then alert them to issues yeah. so that they can go in and give them some blood to heal them <laughs> but instead it gets i'm just saying i can see it happening you're following you know you're following the lab director you're following the r&d guy all the people who, yeah. who are working at theranos in that documentary but in this feature film but in the end she's a vampire and that's what they find out yeah yeah <laughs> i would totally oh my god i would totally like could totally see that as a as a vampire story um this is all just like supporting my thesis that i think that it's bonkers that people don't accept the creative fiction creative writing uh, literary magazines and publishers don't accept any more vampire stories because they think it's like overplayed or no that's that's bananas they're still good vampires i think in a year the tides will have changed that's what i think <laughs> <laughs> I also I just think like vampires are coming back. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> I think so too. I do think that. Um, and yeah, there's. Um, <laughs> I also I just <laughs> this sidetracks me into thinking about. Um, I I just I I guess I was oblivious to this and just like didn't wasn't paying attention. But I guess the CDC used the zombie apocalypse as like a marketing scheme. As like a mm -hmm. like a jokey market, <laughs> and I forget in like what what year it was. It was within the last six or seven years, but yeah, the CDC um, like did this uh, whole marketing campaign basically to say like here's how you fight like the common cold or the flu. Like the CDC was coming out with these like guidelines for how to protect yourself from contagious diseases, and um, like wash your hands keep doing this, whatever, get the flu vaccine, whatever. This was, yeah, again, in, like, 2015 or 16, maybe. But what they yeah. did to, like, get people's attention was that they, that the tagline would be, like, are you ready for the zombie apocalypse? And, like, they would have these photos of, like, people, like, looking out of their windows with, like, the blinds drawn, but they're, like, peeking out, and it's just, like, the zombie apocalypse is here kind of thing. They were fully playing that up to get people to, like, I guess, click to their website and sort of see, like, you know, and, um, yeah, everything, ev or maybe people think that the vampire zombie theme is played, has played out because we are just living in that real life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That there could was, be. Yeah. <laughs> now it's, yeah, real. <sighs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I wonder too is... about, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I literally just was going to say that everybody has brain worms, so you can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, all these, I'm curious to know about um, some of the, I know that there are other Silicon Valley companies that are, um, that are working on life uh, extending medicine basically mm -hmm. um like i remember reading i have no idea what this was called or who was doing it but i remember reading about something that sergey brin was backing and like he was really into like this one 
yeah, I read this article like a re- like mm. five years ago. But uh, Sergey Brin was like in particular supporting this one like medicine that was life extending, and he was just kind of um, the thing that he said as to why he was supporting it was like, you know, I don't want to. Um, I I lost someone close to me when I was really young and they were really young and like I just want to prevent that whatever and like and it was it was just really disgusting and gross well I do think sorry I'm getting a little bit of a high horse over here um there is like the Silicon Valley thing of, yeah. well, we're going to reinvent the wheel or, you know, we are smart and we're going to solve this huge systemic issue. I'm yeah. not saying that there aren't huge issues, mm-hmm. but it's often by the people who actually don't really have a background in it. So like with mm-hmm. Elizabeth Holmes, you had some of the backers saying that they trusted her because her uncle was in medicine and you're like, Wait, like, what? what? Like, <laughs> how does that have anything to do with yeah. anything? Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Um, so there is, I think, sometimes of like, well, we're, we're solving the world's problems. And they, it's a really myopic mm-hmm. view that they have, though, mm-hmm. in the end. And, you know, they're buying towns in Texas to go experiment on, et cetera, et cetera. And it's weird. It's a, a playing God to a certain extent. Yeah. Kind of a superhuman hum, type yes. view of themselves yeah. in which they cannot be wrong. And But most of the time, those guys are like, every two years, you see someone from Silicon Valley like reinvent the bus or the library, and they think it's like a novel <laughs> idea. You're like, this already exists. Yeah, and yeah. It's working okay. And you it's know, like, doing fine, yeah. There's no more disrupting... Yeah. Well, and that's that's the other thing too is that like people these people think that like death is the final problem to be solved, and right. it's um, gotta go to Mars. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That is um, that's that's definitely the other. Sorry, thing. in my head, those two are connected. 100%. They definitely are. They, I mean, they they definitely are because if it's not if it's not extending an individual's life, then it's like extending the human, um, the human species out to like out to the to other planets and stuff like that and it, it's definitely mm-hmm. about all about extension and saying that like a finite the 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 main thesis is that a finite lifetime is a problem which is wrong right. imo uh <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah there's um but then at the same time i think that it's also like a, a certain adherence to the archetype of these like these people who are technological innovators and also like Elizabeth Holmes um, lo- just adores and um, idolizes Thomas Edison this inventor and she has a whole like she has this whole th- mythos in her head about inventors in general and like what it means to be an inventor and all this stuff and I think that um, I think that in general there's this, uh, there's, there's like reverence toward inventors. And honestly, okay, my, again, I'm spiraling. My, my mind is just like going crazy, but like there's, there's this whole like atmosphere around invention, techno, technological advancement that people really, um, idolize and try to emulate. And, um, but there's only so much advancing that you can really do. And, 
I think that there was such a there was such a, a rapid technological advancement in the 20th century that then people are still wanting to um, keep up that pace, but you're not going to have like time distance away from like there's there needs to be problems for you to solve kind of thing. And right now, yeah. like there will be problems in the future. There's lots of problems with like the invention of plastic wrapping, I think, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like there's there's like uh, issues that have that we're observing now coming out of um, inventions from like the 1950s or 60s. Right. And like and those problems need to be solved with technology, of course. But like to, to sort of mimic the technological advancement, the rapid advancement of the mid 20th century, I think that, that that's just impossible. Um, and I think that we're reaching like post enlightenment, honestly. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I agree. I do think there's a lot of like progress for progress sakes, like not actually solving problems. Just keep going. We're in post enlightenment. Bethany said it. It's happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> What comes after post enlightenment? The new dark ages, because that's what it feels like a little bit. (laughs) It definitely feels. It definitely feels like that. And then I think, and this, um, you know, could be a nice little plug for what's coming next. But the um, God obsession. (laughs) That was Enya. Sorry, keep going. (laughs) Um, I mean, I I think that that's like this. uh, We're we're. heading into a new yeah. cycle of, of, yeah, this, like, and I, I, I don't really have examples to sort of back this up, but it seems like a very predictable cycle throughout human history of, like, having um, a very impressive technological advancement, and then you have, like, that empire, that civilization fall, and then you go into a, from, mm-hmm. you, that civilization falls from, like, either excessive decadence or colonization from other from other areas um and and then you are plunged into another dark ages where you sort of don't have anything left but spirituality um Mm. to sort of like fall back on and that i think like having those periods of intense spirituality um i think that's the kind of distance that i'm talking about in terms of like you, you reach a certain point where there's, like, you have a, so many of life's problems solved, and then you have decades or centuries of time where then there, there are new problems to be solved. And, um, and, and that's sort of, like, a period of, like, interiority, spirituality, like, sort of going into, um, I don't know. This is, like, extremely abstract, but... No, I... I actually really appreciate it though, because a large, actually what I was thinking about a long time while doing research for this research, I mean, it's not like I really did a lot of work. Um, <laughs> reading the available news articles to everyone. Um, <laughs> uh, I couldn't help but think like, there is a lot here about a mistress of the medical system, mm-hmm. which really now, we, like the for 
this sort of like expose breaking of like, oh, like you can be in a Walgreens with a totally fraudulent system and supposed to be solving things and finding out if people have diseases, but your thing barely works. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have people who are, I mean, I'm, I'm not equating one to one. Do you not want to say that? <laughs> There's a lot more going on than what I'm about to state, but just the um, r- huge distrust of the medical system, huge distrust of the CDC. Yeah. QAnon, anti-vaxxers, mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like a, a really, really big mistrust of medicine. Yeah. And it's it's funny because you see it in the the corruption kind of of this fraud. From Theranos, mm-hmm. but also in Theranos itself, which is saying that your lab results should go directly to you. Yeah. A doctor shouldn't look at them. Even though you, as a normal human, probably don't know how to read lab results. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, that lab results are not the only thing you should be looking at. Yeah. On your blood work, you know? Yeah, and it's kind of, it's weird that it's like, um weird that it's that it's all in the name of like preventive medicine but then it's like but don't trust like medical caregivers yeah right we in fact don't want to eliminate those jobs yeah through this machine and collect your blood in the process (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so like it never really felt like to me like i know they kept saying like access to healthcare, but really didn't feel like that was obviously the point yeah there knows that it was trying to make it more accessible or or cheaper mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. which it did to some extent but there are a lot of barriers to healthcare mm-hmm. <laughs> in the united states like tons and tons and tons and if you were really interested in um solving those you'd be doing social work you'd be doing policy work you'd be mm-hmm, doing community mm-hmm. work you'd be doing mutual aid um not inventing a machine that would give you lots of money um but anyways (laughs) that is all to say those doubts those like um real nervousness about the medical system and about who has your information and who's telling you the truth Mm -hmm. about your your health um feels to me very reminiscent of the shit we're dealing with now with Mm -hmm, mm anti-vaccines and and again and i'm not saying that it's all one thing i wouldn't want to say that but a a anti-scientific mindset um a totally anti-scientific mindset yeah Mm -hmm. that really just does not trust yeah, but at the same time, the 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 insidiousness about Theranos, at least, is like sowing um, mistrust. Sort of like, even if indirectly, um, still sowing mistrust in the medical system. Um, yeah, and yet operating under this thesis of like, but you can trust us. You can trust this machine right. with your medical records with like your actual like your physical chemistry the chemistry of your blood kind of thing um and 
uh, and like, but keeping it a private company and keeping everything mm-hmm. behind closed doors, it also that also feels uh, has the air of like a certain religiosity um, that is is sort of like that also feels pre enlightenment um, in the sense that like people were not literate and they only had right. um, the priest to interpret their to interpret the Bible. They only had the priest to tell them how to live their lives, what was moral, what was like. Right. The only certain, like, a certain brotherhood had access to knowledge, knowledge production, et cetera, et cetera. And so now it just seems like a lot of these, um, in addition to, like, technological advancement trying to solve for death or whatever, um, that sounds like something Grimes would say. Um, Where's <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, but these people who are, Elon is also definitely in this camp, but in addition to trying to find, like, solutions to a problem that you, that is unsolvable, such as death, um, also trying to, the tech overlords want to be the ones who are, (laughs) who are, are holding all the knowledge and, and saying, like, we will invent these machines that will do this, this, and this for you, but you should also, like, you shouldn't get second opinions from other experts in the field. You shouldn't be like diversifying your knowledge portfolio. Um, rather, just like blindly trust me. And it feels very, um, yeah. very fundamentalist religion, like theocratic um, kind of thing. This oh, reminds yeah. me. Oh my god, slight divergence. But there's a film by. Um, oh. I'm gonna. I have to look it up because I'm gonna say it wrong. Um, just came out this year. Just came out this year. Um, 2021. This year is 2021. Uh, Blomkamp. <laughs> gonna... Uh, Neil Blomkamp, who did District Nine. He did yeah. um, Elysium. He came out with a film called Demonic, and mm. it's superb. It is so good, uh, and the best part I don't about watch it, this. yeah, it, it really, I don't know, like the actual like month that it came out. I just saw it last weekend. Um, uh, I don't think that it was. Oh, it was released August twentieth of twenty twenty one. But I mean, it was like released. Like a lot of you know, a lot of movie theaters are still closed right now because we're because it's late 2021 um and uh yeah so basically the whole the whole thing follows this like um possession that's happening to this woman who has um her uh, the the story the main character's mother is possessed by a demon um and so it's like following that that kind of story but it's set in the present time and in 2020 Mm -hmm. and the the really like uh amazing part of it is this so she, the main character's mother, goes into a coma. She's been in prison for setting fire to a nursing home um, and also poisoning five members of her church. Um, and so she's in prison for manslaughter. She has been in jail for, like, the last two decades or something. And then she goes into a coma, and people don't know why. So the jail sends her to this uh, neurology, like, neuroimaging tech center, like a therapy center that is, like, super mm-hmm. sleek, very, um, like, and it's set in Canada, um, very uh, technologically advanced, and they map her brain, um, and 
they like have this computer simulation that they drop the daughter into. So they they like take they do a photogrammetry imaging of the main character, the daughter, and then they take that virtual human and drop it into the simulation of the mom's brain. So the so like the daughter is in her mother's subconscious. And then from there the daughter gets possessed because the demon is inside the mom's subconscious. And anyway, but okay, so that's like the whole setup, but the detail is that then um the daughter is sort of like I don't know what's what's happening. She starts to get tormented by this demon, and then um, she reaches out to an old friend who was who was with her and a part of that story, um, like twenty years ago when her mom first became possessed and killed a bunch of people. And she's like, "I know that you have some theories, and I know that I got mad at you for having these theories, but can you please like explain it to me again?" And he says, "I think that your mother's possessed by a demonic spirit, and here's my conspiracy theory." He lays it all out. He says, "The Catholic Church." the Vatican has been buying up neuroimaging therapy centers and like psychological <gasps> like neurology centers and all of the scientists at those labs are all priests exorcists specifically <laughs> and it's this, it's incredible it is the best I mean there, right now there is so much like catholic driven imagery that is really cool admittedly like I, I'm really into it but this is the best because then there's this whole montage wow. of these priests like like literally getting their ammo out for like spiritual warfare and there's this whole scene where there's like the holy lance and it's like this like blade that's been in the Vatican for 2000 years and like that's how you kill the demon it's crazy it's so good <laughs> whoa wow i did not know that that existed at all yeah incredible yeah and and i just thought that that was so um i thought that it was so imaginative to to speak about exorcists modern day exorcists as being like cloaked under this cover of of neurology technicians and researchers (laughs) and and i think that it's imaginative and also maybe kind of um prescient uh, and astute to say that like spiritual people are exploring science again because like science is this place where like all the knowledge is and like if you want to gain back a following then like try to like be scientific yeah. while also sowing mistrust of a scientific community what are you trying to say about Pope Francis <laughs> He believes in climate change. Um, (laughs) Yeah, obviously, like, this is uh, incredibly complicated. Neither of us are making, like, generalized statements here. Uh, We're in the post-enlightenment era. (laughs) (laughs) None of this is medical advice. (laughs) None of this is legal advice. This is really just hot takes by two sad girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wore my turtleneck for this interview. <laughs> that would have been very hot. But, yeah. I don't want to be a brat. But did you see that she is recently married? Yeah, and has year. a baby. And has a baby. 100%. 
a ploy. Is it? Wait, a tell dirty me ploy. <laughs> I think so. And I think um, what's his face? Uh, the journalist who broke the story in his podcast is also like, it's a jury ploy to be more sympathetic. Whoa. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it does. Yeah, that does seem in keeping with now this like battered woman defense thing, because which is scary, yeah. scary because that like that just delegitimates, you know, I mean, people already think that all rape cases, rape and abuse cases are untrue. And if she claims a false battered woman case, that's going to delegitimate. Yeah, like, I have no idea of her relationship with that man. Um, but uh, defrauding, like, the United States is, um, I don't think, part of that defense. I think it's a little bit far. <laughs> it's a little bit of a... Like, um, yeah, I think that it's it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. and mm -hmm. and fully trying to. Um, it's it's just trying to control the narrative. Yes, of course. Um, her lawyers are going to do everything and anything to do that. Hi. So what we learned here was <laughs> We're in an age of regression. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. This is actually really too sad. We're gonna get a lot more into that next season, <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> we started started dancing, gotta end dancing. <laughs> I just got um the name of the rose by Umberto Echo. Which mm. I had recognized that title, but um, never knew what I, it was about. But it's like about a bunch of monks, right? <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, actually, in demonic of these science priests, science priests, um, lab priests, um, if it felt like in their role in the lab of possession and exorcism, that it felt like they were doing illuminated manuscripts because that's my favorite priest activity. Monk activity, I guess. Um, <laughs> and also involved in Name of the Rose, which I really like Umberto Echo. But what did you think of it? Of the Name of the I haven't read it yet. Oh. Yeah, I just bought it. <laughs> Everything got sidetracked because yeah, and that's All the right. sign up. I asked a really um, crazy ass question. Bethany, <laughs> can you solve the issues in the world today? 